Happy first week of March, everyone. You're listening to KBD Radio, and I'm your host, Autumn McGar. Before we get started, just a quick announcement. Entries are open for the KBDN Kitchen and Bath Design Awards, and those are due in May. Designers, I'll put a link in the description of this episode so you can go submit your work for consideration. Okay, so this week we are chatting with Robin Rigby Fisher. Robin has been a designer for over 30 years, and in addition to that, she's a teacher, an advocate for sustainable design, and an author, so quite a few hats. Robin, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. I'm really excited to chat with you, Autumn. Thank you. You know, just to lead, just to lead into our conversation, um, you are very focused on educating the next generation of kitchen and, and bath pros, and I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that. Uh, like, what education initiatives do you participate in? Well, um, right now, as far as education initiatives, um, every time we try to bring up a a state bill to license designers require that as a license. Um, I have gone down to our state capital and and discussed the disadvantages of having that happen. Oh. So anytime that's come up, I, I bring up that conversation. Um, but as far as initiatives go, I'm, I'm on the committee for the National Kitchen and Bath Association to rewrite the guidelines, mm-hmm. um, but not really any major initiatives other than working with my students to be the best that they can be. What kind of courses do you teach? I teach kitchen and bath. Um, our, we have, I teach at Portland Public, Portland Community College. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the only residential interior design program in the state of Oregon. We just lost two colleges just recently closed, not state colleges, but private colleges. Oh, wow. And they don't, um, they did teach um, interior design, but focus more on commercial and then we do have a program down in Eugene and Albany at the state colleges, but they're not, or state universities, but they teach, their focus is more on um, commercial. So we're the only residential interior design. So I teach um, both our intro to kitchen and bath and our advanced kitchen and bath. I have over the years taught lighting and our aging in place or living in place program. And I have taught business for designers. What led you to be so involved in education? So I started teaching, well, first of all, when I was younger, when I was younger, I always wanted to be a teacher. Um, that was like, I wanted to teach like public school. And I realized that that might not have been the best path for me. Hmm. So I um, became a designer. Um, I became a designer by going to college to become an art history major. And then I realized that wasn't, um, financially the most prudent direction to go, so I switched to interior design. Right. Well, you know, I love art history, but it doesn't financially make you an awful lot of money. Um, so I, I know, right? So I got into interior design, and I got very involved with the um, our local NARI chapter, the National Association of Remodeling Industry, mm-hmm. and so we did not have a local NKBA chapter. So I was very involved there and focused on education for contractors and um, always felt that education is really important, that we need to give back to what we get. Um, when I, in 2003, I got the opportunity to teach at um, our local college, and I love it. Um, I think it's really important. I mean, this industry has its up and down, ups and downs. Um, I've been a designer since 85 that's 1985. So it's a really long time ago. I don't think you were even born yet, Autumn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, 
I I have um, I love what I do, and um, the industry has had its up and downs, um, and I've stuck with it. And I felt that as a designer, as somebody who's done well in the industry and really am passionate about it, I wanted to be involved in educating our future because I've seen a lot of poor designs out there. You know, there's, I see a lot of people, you know, one of the problems with our industry is that because we don't have licensing for designers, which as I said previously, I've, I've discussed the disadvantages with our state about it only because I didn't like the path that they were going um, for legislation. But for um, one of the problems with our industry is anybody who can put colors together really well can think they can become a designer. Right. And that's a really bad thing because this is, you're affecting the way people live within their home. So how can I fix that? Well, I'm not, I'm not able to be involved. Um, I'm not involved with policy um, on a legal level. I um, felt like it was really important to get involved in education. And this way I can at least teach people how to be designers and how to think beyond making things look pretty, but making things look functional and knowing how to run a business and being involved in the financial aspect and the client relationship aspect and understanding that there's more to design than making things look pretty. Right. And, you know, something I I hear a lot is that... uh, Within the industry, there it's often difficult to find really good, talented, promising people to bring on board. Um, you know, how else do you think more experienced designers can reach out to potential newcomers to the industry and ensure not only an influx of new and exciting talent, but also viable talent and, and people who actually yeah. know what they're doing? Well, be, you know, I'm always willing to share. I'm mm-hmm. always willing to share because I want to see people succeed. And to recognize that it's not, it's competitive, but it's not competitive. You know, I mean, typically my, when I meet with a client, I'm bidding against the, the same designers. If they're not a referral, it's like usually the same three or four designers that I'm talking, the client is talking to the same three or four designers because they know a certain quality. If you love the industry, I think you should share it. I really do. And not totally answering your question, but one of the things that I tell my students, I work my students hard, really hard. I want them to be absolutely the best. And because of that, the people in other businesses in Portland know that they are hiring. If they've come out of our program, they know that they're able to hire somebody who's serious about the industry. Now, that's not saying all of them are great. I mean, we have some students that are like stars that you know, we will all be reading about these people. And then we have a lot of people that are like, okay, yeah, they're okay. They're not necessarily the the best designers, but our industry is huge and they have opportunities to go into so many different aspects. I mean, they could write for magazines. They could um, be a, um, a representative of plumbing fixtures. They work in a lighting showroom. They could, you know, work in a, fa- um, a textile showroom. There's so many opportunities in our industry to be involved and we need people like that. But we also need people that understand the concept of design and understand, be educated, not just 
be good at putting colors together. Sure. This is a serious industry. What we do every single day affects our clients' lives. I mean, when I design a kitchen for somebody or a bathroom or I put furniture in their living room, if it doesn't fit the way they live, I've wasted their money. I've wasted, I've wasted resources. I mean, I have wasted so many things. It's so important that when we work in somebody's home that we are thinking the best for the client financially and usability. I mean, if it doesn't function well for them, it's, it blows my mind some of the things I see sometimes. And I think <laughs> that's why I'm so passionate about what I do and that's why I teach so that way I can try to instill that same level of, of passion into my students. Plus, you're elevating the entire industry by making sure that everyone's at the same level. It's not, it's, it's not so much about keeping your competition down. It sounds like it's more about making sure that everyone's at the same level as you so that the whole industry looks good. Absolutely. Absolutely. And oh my gosh, like when students get, you know, oh my goodness, there's a really great designer. Well, I can go on and on about this. There's a really great designer in Portland who her billable rate was like, she's brilliant. She's like one of the most brilliant designers I know. And her billable rate was so ridiculously low. I started harassing her. It's like, you need to raise your rate because your, your talent is so good. First of all, you're not billing out what's valuable to you, but you also um, are lowering the standards for everybody else. Right Mm. now that's not saying you have to be, we're not, I mean, we're in Portland, Oregon. Our billable rates are a whole lot lower than what they are in Chicago or L.A. or New York. Um, But we all need to be at a certain level, right, at an equal footing to be able to raise the standards of what we do. What we do isn't just putting pretty things together. We're, like I say, we're affecting people's homes, their lives. Um, It's important. You know, one of the things I tell my students is I work my students hard when they're in class. I mean, like, I expect them to be the best they can possibly be Mm -hmm. and I tell them that I am going to grade them as though they're my competition because one day they're going to be my competition and I want them to be formidable right I want to be able to say yeah I know who they are they're brilliant but likewise I have no problem saying if you don't put 110 percent into this class one day you're going to bid against me on a job and I'm going to say yeah I know them I taught them in school Who's going to get the job? You know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they won't. So I really work hard and I get professionals in Oregon call me when they're looking for new employees because they know that their our students are driven and that they think and they're not just they're not just putting pretty things together. They're they know how to write a set of specs. They know how to talk to their tradespeople. They right. they understand their way around their assets. They're not just even though they're students and that they will probably be tied to a CAD computer for a few months, um, they still have they think beyond just the lines that they're drawing. Right. Right. They think beyond. They think of how things go together and and they understand the specifications and the process behind it. I mean, there's a value to them. I want that because I want to make, I love what I do and I want my students, I want the industry to be as high quality as it can be. I want people to hire us and not just say, oh, I saw this on HGTV. So, you know, it's, I get really um, 
motivated when we talk about education and design. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And, and you know, something I'm really curious about is I, I'm assuming probably a lot of your students, uh, certainly not all, but are perhaps millennials or even Gen Z. I'm wondering if you can speak to some of the traits you've picked up on in those designers and those up and coming designers and, you know, what you think will make them innovators in the industry. I think they they understand how to do research more um, because it's so much more accessible. You know, I think the best thing about the younger population is that they understand balance, meaning they know when to work and they know when to play. And I think that's really important. Um, you know, I think I'm I'm um, at the end of the baby boomers, and I work all the time. You know, I don't say, oh, it's five o'clock. I should go home and now enjoy my evening. Um, that's not healthy. And I would say that's probably one of the best things about younger, um, the younger population, that they understand their work-life balance. I mean, you're in there, Autumn. You, you yeah. have your time off, right? And I think that's really important. Um, I think that they, as far as work ethics go, you know, I can't, I'm not going to put it all on one generation and say, because I hear people say, oh, you know, the young people, they don't know how to do, you know, they, they don't put their time in, they don't, whatever. I think they're more resourceful. I think mm -hmm. younger people today have more opportunities. I mean, look at you, you're writing, you're a great writer. I mean, I've read oh. your stuff for a <laughs> long you. time. You are a great writer. But look at what you're doing now. You've created a podcast. And this is, and talking to people of you know, move, looking at, you look at the world differently, you move faster. I think one of the problems with um, an older generation is that, you know, oh, I've always done it this way, so I'm going to keep doing it this way. Yeah. What I see with younger people, it's like, oh, wait, that's not working, let's try this. Now, I think sometimes the focus could be a little scattered, sure. <laughs> but, but they're not willing to try, they're not afraid to try something new, and I think that's a value, I think that's also a value to our industry, what they're going to design. As long as some of them can get away from following trends. I yeah. mean, I'm right. When, when I teach this last term, I told my students they can't do, well, for the past few years, they were not allowed to do anything with the live edge and they were not allowed to do anything with, um, that's a modern school, um, farmhouse aesthetic. <laughs> it's like that trend has passed, move on. You need to show me something new and inviting, innovating, you know, um, I need to see something creative and interesting. Yeah, definitely. And so, something I'm, I'm wondering if you can also speak to is for those who are, you know, current business owners who are looking to possibly get in, getting into working with millennials and other younger generations as employees or as potential partners in the future, you know, what kind of work environment do you think they expect? Like what kind of career do you th career and career path do you think is going to be most beneficial to them as, and make sure and, and ensure that you know they are the most productive possible employees you know I so my my associate who works with me is a graduate from graduate from our program she's 25 years old and I think it's creating a situation where it's not sit down shut up and draw what I say <laughs> you know what's your opinion I, I don't I don't understand designers who feel that way. There are a lot of designers out there who say, I don't want your opinion. I just want you to draw. Mm -hmm. um, so Kendra works with me and, you know, she's right now redesigning 
bathrooms and kitchens that, you know, we started working on. We have a conversation about the direction and then I give her freedom to design. We then review it together and we make adjustments. Um, we make adjustments together, but I give her authority over her design. And I think that's what we should do, not just with somebody who's young, but with anybody new in the industry, give them a chance to give them a chance to design and to show what they can do. Now, as the, the um, principal designer, the one who has the more experience, you're going to look at it and go, okay, this is great. This area we need to work on. Let me share with you why this is a problem, Mm -hmm. but don't just say, I I don't know. I I've worked in big companies where um, new people are brought in and they're told to just sit down, shut up and draw. You know, I don't want your opinion. I don't remember asking. And that I've never been like that. I've always feel that it's important to, you know, to get opinions and, and see what can happen. And, you know, they're going to look at something, somebody who's new and, um, somebody who's new in the industry is much more passionate, right? You know, yeah. sometimes as as a more a mature designer, you kind of fall into a rut. And if you don't look at new things or look at new things differently and be open to it, you're going to always be in a rut. And I don't want to see that with young people. I think they need to be heard. That's the most important thing. I think if you're going to hire somebody young, use their strength, use their passion yeah. and let them shine. You don't have to give them the final word. You have the final word, but let them see what they can do. I mean, it may open your eyes to like, wow, never thought of that. We can do that. It's funny you should bring up actually this idea of combating burnout and and making sure that everything feels fresh and exciting to you as as someone in the industry. What I'm wondering is how do you personally keep your excitement about design fresh, you know, what inspires and energizes you when you feel like you're kind of entering a slump? Well, first of all, I try to go to as many trade shows as I can. So mm-hmm. um, I was two years ago, unfortunately, I feel bad for all the people who were going to go to Euro Kachina that got canceled. Um, yeah. I guess it's happening in June, right? Yeah, I think they've moved they postponed it. it to June. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, go to Euro Kachina. Oh, my goodness. But, you know, just recently I was in New York for a one-day conference, and I went to the MoMA, which was incredibly inspiring. And I spent time drawing while I was there at the art museum and taking photos and looking at art um, as inspiration. Mm-hmm. So when I came back, my advanced class, I gave them they had to pull out of a hat two pieces of art, one for the kitchen project and one for their bathroom project. And they had to use that as their inspiration for their project. So whether it was color or shape or form out of that painting, they had to implement that into their project. I tried to do that for myself. I tried to look at art or I have, you know, we have this thing called a camera with us 24 (laughs) seven. I take pictures. I know it's also called a phone, but um, I think most of us look at it as a camera, right? Pretty I take pictures of things wherever I am of patterns or of something that I saw it was interesting. And then I try to figure out how to use it in my projects. Um, mm-hmm. just because good grief, how boring can this be? I mean, seriously, <laughs> we can start designing everything exactly the same way. And would you rather die than just be bored <laughs> to tears? Like, yep. Use that tile again. Yeah. I'm going to do the countertop the same way. I mean, there's so much out there. 
And we should figure out how to be inspired. I mean, it doesn't come from other people. It comes from us. Mm-hmm. And we need to be inspired. So I, I take pictures all the time and then print things up or I'm on Instagram and see you know, other designers, some of the things they're doing and going, wow, that's brilliant. You know, it's, I got to figure out how to use something like that in my next project. Yeah. And I just keep, we have um, boards up um, of things that we like and we figure out how to use it. You know, it's just fabric. And like I have, you would love this wallpaper I have. It's of snakes. It's so cool. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, <should send laughs> I would love that. <laughs> no, no, you will love this. And I've been trying to use this in somebody's home and um, it hasn't gone yet, but one day, one day we will use it. But I keep images around to show, just to be inspired. You know, we have art in our office. We have pretty things around and it's the only way I can be. In, I have to keep myself inspired because mm-hmm. otherwise it can get boring. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Listen, Robin, it's been great talking with you today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Autumn. It's really, it's such a lovely opportunity to talk with you. So thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. KBD Radio is hosted and produced by Autumn McGar with music by David Ayala. For more information about kitchen and bath design news, please visit our website at kitchenbathdesign.com. 